Welcome to the Zompire Horde Podcast. Join us every Monday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, as your hosts, Vlad the Rad and Michelle of the Dead, discuss horror, true crime, and the macabre. Episodes available on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Join us, won't you? Hello, boils and ghouls and creeps of all ages. It is your host, Vlad the Rad, along with my awesome, amazing, totally tubular, bestest friend ever, Michelle of the Dead. Thank you. Love you. Hi. Hi. We have a very special guest tonight. We, we have a humongously special guest tonight. Uh, for anyone that has ever seen uh, Manos, The Hands of Faith, um, You'll know her as Debbie. We're gonna bring her on. Yeah. Hello. And Debbie was Debbie was the little girl. She was yeah. in the original. Yes. Yes. In the yes. 1966. <laughs> Miss Jackie at Naaman Jones. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming on. We're yeah, excited to have you here. here. <laughs> we we love talking about movies and uh, horror and all kinds of stuff. So Melissa. Um, Melissa says she's hey, our number all. one fan. She's uh. What do what do we call her? The she's um, our number one fan. No, I know, but from that one movie. Uh, oh, she's Bates. Annie Wilkie's. That's our Annie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Miss Jackie, we're here. We're going to talk about Manos, The Hands of Fate, obviously the 1966 uh, movie you were in. Um, what Do you want to kind of give us a little bit of background and tell us, like, you know, kind of how it started and everything? Yeah. Um my dad, we lived in El Paso, Texas in the 60s. My mom was an artist. My dad was executive director of the South El Paso Boys Club right on the border of Mexico. And uh, he was very involved in community theater. And uh, he always played the lead. And here's here's something really interesting. I mean, Manos is known as one of the worst movies ever made. But my dad actually won Best Actor of the Year award. <laughs> Uh, Henry the Ford, uh, <laughs> and that's the play that Hal Warren, who created Monos, found his all his male characters and uh, and cast and crew for Monos, and because uh, he was in the play, and so was John Reynolds, who played Torgo. Torgo was uh, William Bryan Jennings, who played the sheriff. So like all the men were there, and then. Um, the Kissing Teenagers, Bernie, he was also the assistant cameraman and he was the stunt man. So when you see any stunts that aren't the women wrestling, it's him. <laughs> <laughs> Those uh, were some pretty, pretty cool stunts, though, the women wrestling. It's pretty, pretty <laughs> hardcore. <laughs> yeah, these ladies were, were uh, modeling school students. So this was really oh. uncomfortable for them. But Oh, I bet. So, um, so Hal was a smart man. He was a salesman. He sold fertilizer. He sold cars. He sold insurance. Um, so he put on a show. He made a bet that, you know, he could make a movie. He's like, well, anybody can make a movie. So he did, you know. And uh, he cast my dad as the master, the main lead. But <clears throat> he was smart in utilizing his abilities because my dad was also an artist and he created all the the sets the props all the hands Torgo's staff the the fire the basin of fire wow that I mean he did everything that's uh, awesome he even 
I was gonna say he did the paintings too, yeah. Yeah, and, and so, you know, obviously the master and dog painting was made specifically for the film. And my mom uh, was a really good seamstress. So she made the wife's costumes, dresses, and she made the master's robe and uh, my Debbie dress. But that was a disappointment because it came out of my closet. So <laughs> I was pretty excited when I got to wear a pretty white dress at, at, that at the end. end. Yeah, I got to dress like the big girls. I thought that was cool. <laughs> so. But, is yeah, so Hal got my dad, and all, he did all this work for free. And he also happened to have a young child that Hal needed for the film. And we also happened to have the right kind of dog. The Doberman was our family dog. Right. Uh, is it true, too, that you didn't you get paid a bicycle? Am I correct? Yes, I got a bicycle with training wheels, a red bike <laughs> with uh, streamers on so, the yeah. And my dad and the dog got a 50 pound dog, bag of dog food. And we were the only, yeah, we were the highest paid actors on set. That's, That's right. what I read. That's what I read. Mm -hmm. Hey, what was your dog's name? Shanka. You know, and, and that's kind of funny because, well, my family is registered with the Osage tribe and my dad uh, named shanka it's supposed to be i looked it up so i'm not really sure i think in osage it's more like shonga but you know for simplicity shanka was his name but basically <laughs> shanka means dog in the way that uh manos means hands i just think it's kind of humorous <laughs> yeah yeah when I one of the things that actually attracted me to the name was uh, when I used to live in Portland, actually, I lived in an apartment building called VL Capitan. So oh, as we yeah. all know, VL is the, the, so I lived yeah. in the, the Capitan. <laughs> so when I saw Manos, the hands of fate, I'm like, hands, hands, the hands of hands fate. Hands of fate. Yeah. <laughs> well, I always I, put that on my reader board. <laughs> the original title was uh, Fingers of Fate, which sounds like, you know, uh, you know, an old an adult film. <laughs> um, but my dad was the one that uh, requested it be changed to Manos because so much of his hand art was in it. You know, all the right. hand sculptures on the mantle and such. So. Uh, Melissa Volan actually has a question, and it was kind of leads into something I was going to ask. Is uh, were you aware when you were making this that you were in a horror movie? And I was going to ask you, like, how old were you at the time when you were filming this? Um, this summer, I turned seven. Okay, so you have, like, you were pretty, um, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but, like, you knew what was going on. You yeah. could tell you are being in a movie. Well, my dad had been in theater all my life. Okay, so, and, yeah. Uh, and his art was actually pretty prov provocative. I mean, he did a lot of very large paintings and a lot of nudes and a lot of sculpture. And, and you know, we always had Playboy on the coffee table and and we were different my family was different we were the only non-hispanic family in our neighborhood and this is the 60s and we lived three miles from the border of mexico so it was very strict catholic you know mm. a lot of rules and uh the kids you know i mean <laughs> i was kind of an outcast and i was a nerdy kid anyway i didn't fit in really anywhere <laughs> and uh but they made friends with me just basically so they could get inside the house and to see what we had on the walls. And oh, 
We were kind of off limits, I think, in a lot of ways. <laughs> Don't go over those people's house. <laughs> yeah. It didn't, you know, it didn't bother me. It was just like I was just thrilled to be able to stay up late and hang out with my dad. I mean, I just adored him and any chance I got. I mean, my art is similar to his, not in style, but in the fact that he would uh, recycle things. I mean, we'd we'd go out in his old truck into the desert and take down old abandoned shacks, and then he'd turn the wood into furniture or frames or, you know, and uh, I do similar things like that, so. <laughs> One of the things I did want to ask you, too, is when you were filming it at seven years old, um, you know, the, the story is uh, John Reynolds was um, doing uh, LSD the whole time, um, which if he was, I, I, you, you can tell us I, that character. I thought personally, I really enjoyed. I thought it was it was a, it was well, very well. Done. I really like that character as well. Yeah, he's John Reynolds and my dad were friends. Uh, John just lived down the street. We could see his house from our porch. And uh, he was kind of a, a shy guy. And um, and he struggled a lot with, with drugs and depression. And so, and my dad struggled with depression. So they kind of bonded over that, I guess. But they were both uh, method actors. And right. so John was the kind of person, if he was in a part, he was living it most of the time and so that made him different from people around him but but the um, he committed suicide just one month when we were down after filming and exactly a month to the day before the premiere wow. so he missed the premiere and um you know i just think um yeah, he was on acid. I don't know if it was the whole time. I mean, there's other rumors that say, you know, he wore the leg braces wrong and it, it caused terrible pain. So he got addicted to painkillers. And I just laugh. I go, you know, the movie was made in eight days, <laughs> wow. you know, nights and weekends. You don't get addicted to painkillers and then shoot yourself, you know. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> over a weekend. But he was most likely on acid a couple times, uh, especially once filming went on, because it became apparent to everyone, even a six-year-old child, that this wasn't quite going so well. I right. mean, nobody <laughs> knew how bad it was until we were trapped in the theater at the premiere because nobody'd seen it. Right. We knew it wasn't a good film, um, but. Hal's, um, Hal Warren's, um, oh, his goal wasn't necessary to make a great film, but he, he really wanted more to highlight the beauty of the Southwest. And I think he had a bigger goal to be the guy to bring the film industry to the Southwest. Yeah. I, one of the things I really enjoyed about it was I um, watched really kind of like, I don't know if you're familiar with Alejandro Jodorowsky stuff, but it, it's a, uh, I believe he was in their kind of early eighties, but the filming style, the colors and everything, like uh, he did the Holy mountain and Santa Sangrea and El Topo. Okay. And so when I watched Manos, like I immediately got pulled into that era and time frame. And I'm also a big fan of plan nine from outer space, which everyone yeah. says is, is the worst movie ever made. So when uh, I watched, <laughs> when I watched Manos, I was like, you know, 
I don't, I didn't think it was as bad as I think a lot of people do. And I'm not saying that to be the cool, like I like obscure movies guy, but yeah. I just, I sat and watched it and I was like, I kind of was like, not, I wasn't bored. The opening scene, I was waiting for the credits. And then, well, yeah, because that's where they were supposed to, supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> right. you know? And I was, kind of, I was kind of like, this is a long drive. Ooh, what, like six, seven minutes? I don't know. It's a long drive. <laughs> Which actually, funny thing was when I watched Manos Returns, um, when the after the brides kill uh, uh, Torgo in the in the intro. Uh, spoiler alert! If you haven't seen it. <laughs> um, <laughs> the um that goes into the driving scene which is the intro again and immediately i'm like are they going to do the, the credits are, are they going to show credits and then credits showed up and i mean and i kind of first was like yes and i was like purist in me was like damn it i wish they hadn't done the credits <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, that was that was a fun project i like monos returns and now i'm doing the monos chronicles which is debbie but a whole different universe. So now I'm with all the projects that have happened over the years, the really talented stuff like, you know, Monos Hands of Felt up there in Seattle. I don't know if you know uh, Rachel Jackson. She's got the puppet theater. And, and uh, wait, you're telling me there's a Manos puppet puppet show? Yeah, Monos the Hands of Felt. Look it up on YouTube. I we're here. We're here in Seattle. I'm cutting this short. Oh, yeah. watch it on YouTube. <laughs> Rachel Jackson lives up there, and she's our assistant director on Monos Returns. But How she's also the very first wife, the blonde one with short hair. That shows oh yeah. Hair. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh cool. Very talented, and Tanya Atomic, our director, and who also played one of the wives, lives up there as well. I got a lot of friends in. The Seattle area. Nice. Yeah, but but I mean, there's been four stage productions. One of them is a rock opera, Monos, the Rock Opera of Fate, out of Chicago. And then there was a Portland stage production that was so great. They had they, it was comedy. It was hilarious. But they made Chanka the Doberman out of cardboard and felt, and he rolled across the stage on little tiny wheels. <laughs> and he'd like fall over every now and then. Oh my God. And then Debbie was played by a doll and they were gonna dub her voice from the sound booth, you know, and they already had it planned. And and I heard they were doing this play. Somebody told me and I just lived, you know, an hour and a half from Portland. So I got in touch with them saying I wanted to come see the show and they got so excited and asked if I wanted to be part of the show. So I got to play my own voice as a you know, because the original film is completely dubbed. All the women and me were dubbed by one woman. So, Aww. I mean, that was the most horrifying part for me. Nobody told me it was dubbed. So I'm sitting in the theater and I see my mouth open and I hear this voice come out and I hear people laughing and, oh, Oh, so <laughs> oh man! From the from the years when um, Monos first came out to when Mystery Science Theater three thousand um, did their episode, was mm -hmm. there in that time period where you was it was there like a crowd of people or was there you know I mean were you was that a what known movie or did was it that when you kind of it really hit and you kind of realized okay. Is now getting recognized. Kind of before that, there was really yeah. nothing. Yeah, 27 years it disappeared. I mean, we had there was the premiere 
And it was just so awful that we, everybody in the cast and crew just kind of escaped as quickly as possible. And, you know, I, I've heard it said, it's like we pulled off a heist, you know, and everybody had to split up and never talk about it. Uh, I don't even think anybody went to the cast or crew party. It was just ridiculous. And um, so to me, it was the best summer of my life. I got to hang out with my dad. It was just, so I held on to the memories. And as I grew up, I told some friends some stories, but nobody was terribly interested, you know, except maybe my theater friends. But that was about it. And then uh, after I got out of high school, and this is all pre-internet, I started looking up uh, university libraries and I started looking at film libraries and calling around and just seeing if I could find it somewhere. Right. Uh, Cause nobody had it, you know, and I've learned in, uh, you know, in the ensuing years that <clears throat> it did play in some West Texas drive-ins. And uh, it was kind of like, usually like the, the third movie of the night, the one to get people to go home, you know, and hold on. <laughs> <laughs> but but other than that, it just really I couldn't find it. Right. And then so 27 years go by. My dad was living in Lincoln City on the Oregon coast, and oh, lovely Lincoln City, exactly where that is. Yeah, and I was here where I am near Salem. And uh, he called me up one January day. He was a mystery science theater fan, so he was just kind of dozing off in his easy chair on a rainy January afternoon, and. And he said he was dozing off and then he heard this familiar music and he opened his eyes and there he was, you know, wow. he watched it and then he called me, but it was already over and it was on Comedy Central. And he said, you'll never believe what I just saw on television. So I turned on my television and I called that 800 number on the screen for Comedy Central. And I mean, you know, these days nobody's going to pick up a phone on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon, an 800, right. you know, but in this case, Monos has just been a series of strange, it's like, it's got its own life. You know, it just, it, it's like magic. It's weird. But uh, so I called and this guy named Matthew answered the phone and, uh, and I said, you just showed this movie I've been looking for my whole life. My entire family was part of it. And is there any way I can get a copy? And I told him the name of it. And there's this long pause. And I'm shaking, you know. I mean, I and uh, I didn't know if he'd hung up on me or if we got disconnected. And I have to get enough courage to call back, you know. And all of a sudden he goes, oh, my God, are you Debbie? <laughs> <laughs> That oh my was god. The very first indication that anybody else on this planet knew yeah. about it. Yeah. And then it just immediately took off. It was a fan favorite. It, it won the Turkey Day Awards for several years. It's I mean, I was in I was interviewed by Playboy magazine in 2015. It's a seven-page oh, wow. article. Oh wow. Damn. Oh, you That's should awesome. see that was great. My son, my younger son, was 16. And uh <laughs> At the He's time, and I didn't tell many people that I was interviewing Playboy, and uh, they sent me a stack of magazines for thanks and thanks, you know. And uh, so my son comes home from school that day, and you got to remember, I live in a town of a thousand people, and I was on the school board and running the arts council, and my brother-in-law was the mayor, 
and oh, yeah. was a librarian <laughs> at his high school, you know, I mean, this small town. And uh, he walks in the door and I hold it up. I go, guess what, honey? Your mom's in Playboy magazine. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Hopefully he had friends with him. No, unfortunately. Oh, that would have been golden. Oh, I would have to catch him. I mean, <laughs> left his face. I could, I mean, I was like, I'm, no, 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 no. It's it's an article. So funny. <laughs> I'm only yeah, talking. I need it for the articles. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. And since then, Manos has kind of taken on a life of its own. Um, I know that at one point you were involved with something called Manos to Search for Valley Lodge, oh, uh, which yeah. did not get made or, uh, but you had actually stepped away from. Is Was that uh, just kind of your difference on how it was being filmed or the story or? Oh, everybody that was involved with that. That guy was nuts. He was crazy. Ah. Yeah, he was really crazy. I mean, he, he put a lot of money into it. He got us all to El Paso. We were going to film in the original locations. And, uh, yeah, he was. <laughs> anyway, I'm worried. Uh, so I hope to be able to, like, open that up in the world more because right. I'm working on an idea. I'm working on a documentary. Oh. And I want to do a documentary that... Um, doesn't, you know, just kind of says what Manos is, but mainly it's about all the talented projects and not so talented projects that have happened <laughs> since it became famous. And, and that's, that's one of these, that's like the dark side. The dark of corner. The whole story is when, when that all happened and Howard's son, Joe, uh, who I like to, when he really got, mean i just was like you weren't even born yet you know <laughs> pregnant with him during <laughs> but yeah he came after me and that's what the playboy article is about there's several articles and it was called the battle over the worst movie ever made and and uh he started yeah some crazy dark stuff happened but i really hope to be able to find some of these people and uh you know, give them an opportunity to tell their side of this story. Right, you know, absolutely. Be one-sided, but... Well, you did yeah. go on to actually make Manos the Rise of Torgo. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not my movie. That, yeah. You know, it's like, I'm an artist, right? So right. I say yes to most everything. In fact, I just got this in the mail today. This is a, a piece of art this guy did. And uh, in the UK, and uh, he's, awesome. asked, he's asked me to uh, put red hand, red paint on my hands and do my hands. Oh my gosh! So, so that's awesome. Yeah, well, you know, we get ourselves some robes. <laughs> I know. Well, I make robes. By the way, on my Etsy store, I make custom master's robes because my mother taught me how to sew oh my gosh we need those we need the robes oh, those are i awesome. i should uh cosplay the master at this year's crypticon Ooh, do i get you to be one of the wives they should invite me again to be a guest yeah, yeah. i work at crypticon you know well yeah ryan fudge i i mean i've been up there as a guest i can't i think it's twice maybe three yeah. times but twice for sure yeah and I was up there a few years ago when Cassandra Peterson was there mm -hmm. the last time she was there. Yeah. And I got to meet her because she did Monos on her show once. 
But so I made a commitment a couple years ago that I was going to make a hundred custom sized signed and numbered robes. I had to choose a number because they're numbered, you know, right, right, right. And out of. And I said, I'll make a hundred. <laughs> oh, oh, God. So I recently shipped out number 49. I've made 49 robes. I made one for a guy in uh, in England who's six foot eight. And Ooh. I made one for a woman in Georgia once who was four foot 11. So, you know, just a couple yeah. of instruments and it'll fit you perfectly. <laughs> Heck yeah. I'm definitely nice. In. Uh, uh, someone asked for your Etsy shop, so we we're putting that up for them. Yeah, um, Jackie's you, Monos, and I'll give you the links too. Yeah, yeah, we'll make sure that they're in the uh, in the headers too. Um, I did re uh, watch uh, Manos Returns as well, which oh, did um, you? Oh yeah, I was course. going to, but that I had I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't. I do my homework. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey, <laughs> he does his homework. I can't argue with that. <laughs> uh, I I loved one of my favorite. So I, whoever's Mustang that was, it was beautiful. Yeah, that was long. Isn't that a beautiful car? Oh, beautiful car. Um, I so I just wanted to say that. Yeah, um, <laughs> I nearly fell out of my chair. I uh, I typically wear oxygen. Um, but because we're doing this, I didn't need the machine humming in the background. And just don't pretty, pass out. Okay? I won't pass out. I feel good. Uh, but I almost did when uh, the scene when the kids get pulled over, the kids uh, get pulled over. And when the uh, that whole interaction and it was like the making out scene and everything, I literally almost fell out of my shorts because I'm like, these are grown ass adults. And they're make. I didn't like occur to me that they were like teenage, you know, that they were right recognized as teenagers at first. Yeah. And I'm like, he's got a whole head of gray hair. Yeah. <laughs> and then I. And then I got the joke, and then I, you know, it occurred to me, but I was dying when when that scene happened. <laughs> and and uh, we, you know, I had written my book by then. I, you know, wrote a, gro a book called Growing Up with Manos and Hands of Fate, How I Was the Child Star, the Worst Movie Ever Made, and Lived to Tell the Story. <laughs> and uh, that's also available, autographed copies on my Etsy, um, but it's also available on Amazon. But um, because of the research I did in that book, I found people who are still living who are part of the original film. And awesome. so that included my mom, you know, Maggie. Yeah. And she lives in Colorado. And uh, she ended up having a full career as a high-end model traveling the world. She's oh, wow. a beautiful lady. And uh, so we flew her out and she played the role of my mother in Monos Returns. That's her. And then uh, the sheriff, our sheriff, is the son of the original sheriff from Monos. Oh, wow. How cool is that? Yeah. And then it's my dad, of course. My dad was still living, so we got him in. <laughs> I was going to say, if there's ever a mustache that could uh, replicate uh, uh, Freddie Mercury's mustache, yeah. uh, was it him and Manos one? I, the whole time, I'm like, man... If if he was around to do a, a Queen documentary right now, like that's my that mustache is my pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he had that mustache my whole life. I, I mean, was gonna say, yeah. and, um, and uh, Manos returns, he still had it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's but, a new project coming out that's taken years to make. A friend of mine filmed it uh, when my dad was still living, and he's finally finishing it. It's like it. 
he was good friends with my dad and he just, he's being too self-judgmental. So he hasn't finished the project, but I've got other friends uh, like working on him. <laughs> so nice. I, I plan to do a lot more events this year. Now that COVID's lifting, I want to travel and go to more events, but but I want to have some things for the film festivals, like, you know, the Monos Chronicles. But this one is so great. It's called The Master Chef. And so my dad is wearing the robe. You know, he, That's oh, awesome. An apron, a black apron with hands and he's barbecue. <laughs> it's really That's pretty cool. It's fun. It's really cool that, you know, as a family, too, that you guys all, you know, since 1966 have had this to kind of like, you know, bind you and 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 grow up together with and, and still have it documented for, you know, generations to come. Like that's, yeah. I've always thought that, that was really cool. Well, Manos really, I mean, it's, um, I would, yeah, the reason that I got so involved in projects and doing Manos was uh, my, my dad and I were, even though we lived close to each other in the last 15 years of his life, we lived just half a mile apart, but we weren't allowed to see each other because my wow. stepmother didn't want me in their family. And so for some weird reason, I can't explain, but if it was a Monos related project, she'd allow it. So I kept picking up stuff. You know, <laughs> like I just want to see my dad. And then, <laughs> and then we'd meet on mutual territory, which is my friend Rick's house, the one who's doing the Master Chef, and and she liked Rick, so it was either that or I'd run into him at Safeway. I mean, that was pretty much our relationship for like nineteen years. Wow. wow. And uh, and uh, so yeah, Manos really. There's a lot of blinded, you guys. that happened because of it. You know, my dad. And I always loved each other, but she was a pretty willful woman. And yeah, I mean, they were married for 40 years. So, you know, how, how did your parents feel like later on in life as, you know, the after the Mystery Science Theater uh, came out and and it kind of like became more of a cult thing? Did, they ever, did you guys ever kind of talk about the, you know, what it was like for them back then or, um, you know, how they perceived being in the movie now? Uh, well, my dad always got a kick out of it. Like when, um, well, I don't know if you know about the restoration. Um, back, I read a little bit about it. Yeah. So I think it was in 2014, I think. Uh, ben Solovey uh, liked to collect and restore films. I mean, he's a film enthusiast, B films. And he found a couple titles he liked on eBay and, uh, and the guy was in San Diego. They weren't, you know, he was in LA and, and the guy said, um, no, you, if you want that, you have to get the whole box, you know, I'm not, right. you know, so he bought the whole box of films and he got the original work print in that box of the 16 millimeter film that went through the camera in 1966. Wow. Filthy editing with scotch tape. You know. <laughs> oh, wow. And uh, so he did a Kickstarter and he raised $48,000 to restore nice. it. He did it just the way you would restore any old classic film. And, uh, and then I got to go travel. I, we, I think the first screening 
Let's see. Well, we got to go to El Paso and we saw it in a big theater there. The, the original theater, the Capri, is no longer exists, but there's another old theater across the street called the Plaza. So, so Manos got to get its debut as the restoration at the Plaza Theater in El Paso. And it, oh, wow. the, I got to go to the Chicago Music Box as well. And so, you know, to full, very appreciative, loving audiences. But um, yeah, it's the restoration is a whole different experience. It's like you can see the mistake so much clearer. It's right. it's like, I don't know, there's there's a lot to love about the film. I I I've learned so much about it through the fans. And I think one of the things that people love so much about it is that it's clear to them that that everybody put all their effort into it. The, it was a low budget film and, you know, it was done sincerely and yeah. with intention and with all the, I mean, you know, the lighting was basically the car headlights and <laughs> ushers flashlights from the community theater, you know. One of the, <laughs> one of the things I actually read was the, that it was in an, on another podcast or something that hadn't, it was about Manos, and it was like, if Manos can film in the at night in 1966, God damn it, movie theater or movie making people now should be able to film in the dark. <laughs> yeah, you would think. I mean, and think about this: that camera and the film were rented. I mean, well, the film was bought, but the camera was rented, and it was a Filmo 70, which is um, it's a wind-up camera. Right. 32 seconds shots maximum at a time and it was used in uh, vietnam and korea's uh, you know for war footage <laughs> oh, but wow. it also shot silent so the film had to be dubbed right um you were telling me earlier before we got on about another project you were involved with i want to hear about it. and it said something to do with bigfoot tell us about that oh oh uh, well <laughs> actually been part of two bigfoot movies um but there's uh the Curse of Bigfoot, and that was, uh, that's that's way worse than Mono's Riff Track. <laughs> um, but I'm only in like seven seconds of it. It's a classroom scene, and I don't even have any lines, but people get a kick out of the fact that I was in something much worse than Mono's. <laughs> so, um, a few years ago, I was uh, invited to be part of Primal Rage. It's a Bigfoot film made by Patrick McGee, who did the costuming for Alien vs. Predator. Oh, cool. And oh, wow. He's a big guy. He's six foot eight. And he actually played in the costume, you know. He's right. yeah. body in the Predator costume. Wild. But um, he made his own film. He wrote, produced, and directed Primal Rage, which is a Bigfoot film. And he made the costume, and he plays part in the class right. but but because again because of monos the search for valley lodge it was uh jay lee the director of photography we, we, he was a great guy a lot of us remained friends you know uh, right you know we were felt like we were kind of trapped in a war zone together <laughs> so you know we were bonded by <laughs> trauma yeah, trauma so <laughs> uh, bonding. So Jay Lee, he's actually very good, and he was the director of photography for Primal Rage, and so he contacted me since he'd been up here, 
and uh, asked if we wanted to be part of it. So they brought their whole cast and crew. I got to set up a couple locations here in my little town. And, How um, cool. and I had this beautiful hand-painted 16-foot teepee that a dear friend of mine gave me years ago. So we did a uh, peyote ceremony scene in my backyard. And, and my ex-husband played the medicine man because he's native and uh and uh my kids were in it my son was one of the drummers and my grandkids it was like really cool to be part of this and i actually watched it a couple weeks ago again i'm like wow i mean we were in more of it than i thought you know the yeah those scenes i was i'm very proud of that that's really cool again like that you get to like share those experiences with your family and have it like documented for you know like i said forever yeah, it's like I see my grandkids in there and a couple of my neighbors, you know, that we drew in as extras. <laughs> hey, that's us. I know those guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, is there anything coming up that we should know about that we can plug for you? Or Well, you yeah, the Monos Chronicles is a, is a new series that we're working on with um, working with uh, Willow Polson. And her son, her husband Craig, she's written and directed it, and um, uh, Robert Lippert, who is actually the grandson of the original producer of Monos, is okay. one of our producers. For I mean, we really like to keep Monos a family affair as much as possible. right. And um, but it's really good. You can see the trailer on YouTube. It's the Monos Chronicles. And so I call I call all of this the monosverse because there's all these different universes. So right. you know, in, in Monos Returns, the story is if Debbie was uh, kept by the Valley Lodge and, right. and raised in that environment, what kind of human would she become? And in that case, I get to be the master. I become the master and I'm not a very pleasant person. It was really fun because... You know, it was fun to be the bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, and we appreciated the uh, more cat fights. So. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then, oh gosh. And then, uh, sorry. And then the, the Monos Chronicles. It's a whole different universe where Debbie escapes the Valley Lodge as a child, and she's been in hiding her whole life, and so now. She is out to fight evil and, you know, she's looking to help people find redemption in the world. David so, Pratt says he's on his way to ordering one of your autographed books. Oh, awesome. Awesome. He says he wants one with a red handprint in it. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll give you a thumbprint. But, <laughs> but they're personalized, too. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I was in there. I'd be happy. I always tell people I'm waiting for a rainy day. I had a finger amputated. So one day I'm going to go around my, my neighbor's windows on a rainy day and make some like weird alien uh, footprints. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So I if I ever. I a tattoo like that though. Somebody once they had a finger and they had a finger look like it was bent tattooed. On <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> well, Jackie, we definitely appreciate you coming on and talking uh, your, your, honestly, your family history with us. Um, it was it was honestly a pleasure, and we appreciate it very much. Thank you. Thank you. Enjoy. Yeah. Thank you so much yeah. for coming. That was a and really good. That was a really good program tonight. It was super yeah. interesting. And we'll make sure that uh, we'll link all all the. By the way, um, Manos Returns is currently available on Tubi. 
Yeah. <clears throat> so you can yeah. go there and watch it. Um, I watched Manos uh, on YouTube. Um, right. I think it was uploaded there. So that's where I watched that. I don't know if there's. I watched it on Hulu, I think. On Hulu? Okay. I think it was Hulu. So yeah, Hulu or Hulu. So if you have I didn't have time those, to watch the second one, so. Yeah, if you well, haven't seen them, the they're Lottie's available. Chronicles were, were just, um, you know, I'm not on the production or the business side of it, but right. they're real close to finishing the special effects. And and Willow is, um, she's a good businesswoman. She's talking to some distributors. And so we're just looking for the right distributors so that we can get funding to do more episodes. Right. I would well, love to. And we were filming in Yosemite. It was so beautiful. Oh, we'll we'll have to stay in touch with you. So when that comes out, we'll have you back on and we can talk about that. That'd be great. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jackie. Thank you. Good night. All righty. That was a good show tonight. That was pretty was awesome. Yeah, it yeah. was really cool. She's and fun. I like her. Definitely. Um, yeah. it, it got me to watch a movie that I probably wouldn't have picked out for myself. Um, right. But I'm, I'm, I'm really excited that I did watch it because like I, I need said, one of those robes. I remember, uh, That's the only thing I was thinking when I was watching this yesterday. I was like, oh, my God, I need that robe. I need that robe. And now I know where to get one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I will also be getting one. Let me actually put those You should up just buy really us both quick. ones. She'll give you a twofer. Well, you need to be the bride, remember? One of the brides. <sighs> it's boring. All right. You get to wear a mustache, I guess. I mean, I just <laughs> want my bro. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what we got for you this week. Next week, we're not doing a show because I, Vlad the Rad, will be in Rehoboth Beach, uh, Delaware, visiting family. Um, and then, but we will be back the week after that. Uh, what do you want to do? You want to just, uh, um, uh, we'll figure it out and then we'll, uh, we'll tell people about it once we figure it out. So stay we'll make, tuned. Make Information some will be, we'll do something fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. I am your host, Vlad the Rad with my always amazing, so totally tubular sister from another Mr. Michelle of the dead. Bye. Bye. Welcome to the Zompire Horde Podcast. Join us every Monday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, as your hosts, Vlad the Rad and Michelle of the Dead, discuss horror, true crime, and the macabre. Episodes available on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Join us, won't you?